All right, we are continuing with the series, the Light Body Academy Q&A panel chats. This is the third session. And we have the Light Body Academy facilitator team here today. We have Ray Ellen, our resident esoteric astrologer. We have Stacy Hernandez, our resident multidimensional energy tracker and spiritual coach. Laura Lehman, our resident exospecies ambassador, and Christina Schwind. Light Body Academy founder and consciousness acceleration expert. And they will be answering common questions that some of you way showers may be asking yourself. And if you are curious about leading your life in a multidimensional way, you're watching the right video. And as the team tackles every question, feel free to comment below with your questions or experiences you've been having. Because today we are covering the topic of extraterrestrials. Yep. ETs, yay, yay. Ooh. Well, <laughs> well, we need to know about them, the misconception media has about them, what are some of the main current narratives around them, aka the disclosure movement, what are the frequencies of different species, different realms they reside in, how can we connect in a safe way, <laughs> are we actually extraterrestrials? So there's much to this topic alone, so we'll see how much we can get in the next 80 to 90 minutes. So let's uh, let's dive in. Let's start with um, let's warm ourselves in. What are some of the main current narratives around them? The disclosure movement, and if you are one of them that that follow like Dr. Stephen Greer, Alex Collier, Dr. Michael Sala, Elena Danan, just to name a few of many that are covering the disclosure movement, then you probably are aware of what's happening. But let's uh, let's see what the team here has to say. Who wants to start? <laughs> Well, you know, I think. Um, go ahead, Stacey. Yeah, I think of the. Um, I mean, just even what's come out recently, Ancient Apocalypse, right? And we have um, blanket on name, right now. Graham Hancock. Yes, yeah. and he, and he's really starting to kind of create this like more mainstream narrative, you know, around questioning our history, right? Questioning our history on this planet, and so it's been exciting to see this shift. And slowly people are, are starting to wake up to, okay, maybe these things weren't really built by humans. <laughs> maybe mm -hmm. it was a little bit more challenging than you think. So so the, I, I just even think at that level of it, right? That's and a his great work place can be start. found in Netflix if you're interested. Yeah, in Sanction Apocalypse. Yeah, I wish I had a better name because I avoided, I didn't even, I didn't want to watch it because I'm like, oh, not another apocalyptic thing. But then I realized what it was about and I watched it and I was like, wow, actually, this is really good. Mm -hmm. um, but this is a good place to start so we can realize that through indigenous lore and teachings, humanity has been in contact with star people for tens of thousands of years, if not even longer than that. So the idea of human consciousness engaging with uh, beings from other realms, other galaxies, other universes is not a new idea at all. In fact, yeah, a lot of their... There's a lot of stories that they have come and taught humanity how to recover uh, certain levels of their consciousness. Um, like, for example, for example, after the Great Apocalypse that that has been written about throughout three um, the Great Flood. And I had a new version I was to a couple months ago, which was um, from the Amazon jungle, which was that there was a great fire that that burned up everything. So that can be transformation or it could be a little, little fire. So that's, I've just mentioned that because that's the first time I've heard this ancient story told in the form of the fire element. So 
that's a great place to start, I think, and is the history and perhaps some of the older stories that we have about our engagement. Um, we can go to staying in South America. We can go to Machu Picchu. Machu Picchu is a sacred, um, a sacred um, architecture that is built around the alignments with the Pleiades. And this is to help people um, reconnect and remember their star brothers and sisters that come from the Pleiades system. Um, there's other alignments with that uh, particular uh, complex as well, but that's that's the major one. And then the secondary story is that the mountains themselves hold, digest, they download the knowledge and digest it and hold it for those who are able to tap into the field that the mountain holds. So the, the actual powerhouse of Machu Picchu is the feminine mountain called Huayna Picchu, which uh, Machu Picchu faces directly. So there's an example of, of an ancient <laughs> an ancient relationship. Um, and this is the Inca people that have this story. And then later on, the descendants, which are the Quechua. So I don't know if anybody else has a, um, some older stories that they know of. Um, I heard yeah, one. I just wanted to also just throw in another mainstream piece. There's um, James Fox, who is a UFO document documentarian. He has a new documentary coming out called Moment of Contact. Oh, it's not really, out yet? I thought maybe it is. He he released a, a, a podcast on Joe Rogan on April 26, 2023. And he released it really going into facts and the government cover-ups and, you know, that sort of thing. So I just wanted to throw that in there more of how much this is becoming mm -hmm. an, an important kind of part of our reality. For sure. Rhea? <laughs> Did you say me? Yeah. Oh, yes. Okay. In the mid-90s, um, Graham Hackett wrote Fingerprints of the Gods. And then Robert Baval wrote a book. And I can't remember. I, I don't know if it was the, it wasn't the Orion Mysteries. It was another book. But Robert Baval revealed that Looking down on the pyramid complex in Egypt, he realized that the three great pyramids, the, the great pyramid and the two little ones aligned with the belt of Orion. And I think mm -hmm. now that may have been come out before, but I felt I feel that Robert Baval came up with that. So that was a big step for him revealing that these um, sites all around the world align with different um, constellations in the sky. So I just wanted to bring that one forward. For sure. So in a nutshell, are you, do you guys agree that most of the pyramids and the sacred sites were built by off-world species for a particular reason? I feel like that. I feel that. Yeah, and the other the other thing I would say about that is that uh, because of these interactions and these ancient stories and what we're talking about here, it begs it begs the invitation to re-examine what we call extraterrestrial. Okay, because extraterrestrial is um, yes. Good yeah, one. you know, you know what I mean? We yes. have this idea that these beings coming from another galaxy, but actually they're deeply woven into our reality. They're interconnected in our reality. So they're not exactly alien 
to this reality, the dream of the Pachamama, right? So um, I would invite the listener to re-examine maybe what that we're calling extraterrestrials, because that would help us approach in different relationship to the narratives that are being released, especially in the, in the disclosure movement. Um, there's a lot of them. Um, a lot of them are, are stories of trauma, of pain, of control, of, you know what I mean? And that is not the original, um, that's not the original flavor of inter, interdimensional, inter extraterrestrial interactions in our history. They were of benevolence in the sense they were bringing beauty, they were bringing uh, uh, powers of transformation, powers of awakening, self-realization. They were whiz, ancient wisdom teachers. Uh, so when we come into interactions like, say, the Zeta Reticuli that are abducting people and doing this and doing that, uh, if we re-examine what we're calling extra extraterrestrial, maybe we can get a different lens to to see these stories in a way that's not so um, disempowering. Oh, know what I mean, absolutely. Since we're on that, what are the the misconceptions media has about them, other than what they appear to look on Hollywood movies? I feel okay. like one of those misconceptions is that some of them live here. Some of them actually live here and have lived here for thousands and thousands of years. And we see them as extraterrestrials, but they're, and probably they were from somewhere at some point, but a lot of them live on the planet. Yeah. Um, and I think there's a, something about the ant people. Um, Clifford Mahoudi was talking in, there's a, a Netflix series about national parks. Maybe it's not Netflix, it might be Amazon. Anyway, he's talking about the Grand Canyon and how the ant people helped out the native people there Ooh, when what's they the were name? starving. I wish I could, something about national parks, mysteries of national parks, or something like that. Okay. Uh, I don't remember the name exactly. Um, but he was talking about how the and there's there's glyphs written on the walls there, and this 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 cave is like way up. Somebody just discovered this by accident, um, way up on the side of this cliff, uh, this cave in in the mountain where there are glyphs of ant people and they're assisting the native people because they were starving. Um, so uh, I know ant people have a history of being here and being off planet, being here. <laughs> so I, I think that kind of speaks to what you're saying about, um, you know, them being part of the, the, the culture here actually. And we don't really know that very well. We can even say they're informing our subconscious. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, just to piggyback a little bit on the ant people story, um, I was in uh, Arizona introduced to, um, oh shoot, I only have his first name. His name is Bob. He was part of the MUFON. I think he might, was the former president of the MUFON chapter there. And uh, he was gifted story bowls by a, uh, a Hopi elder by the name of Don Martin. And and really, this all came to pass because they, uh, in the in the lineages, the um, there were there, they ran out of people at um, future generations in the tribe that were interested in learning these histories, and learning these stories. So he ended up giving these bowls to, to Bob because he trusted him to um, take care of them and keep them for for who needs to know this information. But one of the stories on the bowl on the on one of the bowls was the story of the ant people, how they were enslaved. And they were scattered. They were originally here. They're, they were indigenous to the Pachamama and they were enslaved by another race and they were taken off planet to all different uh, planet systems, star systems, galaxies, and even into de deep space in order um, to build things. They were, they were enslaved because they were master builders. 
and uh, the blue people came, the blue Kachinas, and they uh, went through the multiverses and collected the ant people. And, and as they collected the ant people with the intention of bringing them back home, back to their indigenous origins, um, they did that. They brought them back here to their indigenous origins. And there were some ant people that were, um, their consciousness was fractured and, and stuck in conflict and war. And they chose to um, to continue to reside on Mars, which is very interesting. So on this bowl, it has all this symbolism on what deep space is, what, what um, galaxies are versus star systems versus planetary systems. It's really, really fascinating. I, I have it on video um, telling the story of many, many stories. That, that, that was just one story bowl, what I just shared with you. But... Um, the M people, I think, are, are really, really important because they, according to Sasquatch records as well, is that they were the original sentient consciousness on this planet. Therefore, their patterns and experiences are deeply embedded within within our records, within the subconscious of the realm, the, the Earth realm. So just to throw that in there. <laughs> now, are they part of, uh, okay, I'm going to get into the organizations. Are they part of some of the intergalactic organizations? Um, my instincts, um, well, all right. so it depends on what you mean by intergalactic organizations, because there are ones that are um, connected into star elder consciousness, in which case I would say yes. But the, the ones that, um, yeah, star elder councils, right? Um, but there's other councils. You have like the Galactic Federation, not star yeah. elder council, right? Intergalactic oh. Federation, not star elder council. So, so um, the end of the frequency, the, the the intent and the um, the purpose of these different groups are, are really, you know, you have to get clear on what the agenda is for them yep. to be to gather and what what reality they're holding together. So, um, they are not part of the Galactic Federation or, or those types of councils. But when you get to the more um, like the cedar races yeah like the seeding councils then they they are a part of that some of them yeah cool now the one th the one thing that um that should be addressed is the misconception that they're superior than us or we should um be afraid of them what's what's your guys's take on that mm. yeah yeah i'll jump in on that one <laughs> I know so, Stacy. Stacy here um, has a tremendous skill with tracking, and she does track with with different species. So I'm sure mm -hmm. you have some insights there. <laughs> Putting you on the spot, Tracy. <laughs> well, you know, like I don't know. For me, I, I well, I know even when I'm working with people and in different different beings come up, if it depends on like kind of their level of awareness. I will bring it forward and it's interesting to see within people how they react, mm. right? Like sometimes when they, they go right into their minds, they go right into, there's, there could be fear, right? Mm -hmm. They may go into a particular story or judgment or, or kind of a story around what it may look like or what it is. One of the things with, with my tracking, a lot of times what happens is I go into my form of that being when I'm tracking, right? So let's say it is something like a Zeta that, um, what, that that's coming up there to match their frequency at times I go into my Zeta form to then connect, you know, with them. And so 
I, I there's a lot of different levels and scales to go in this in in this conversation, yeah. but there's nothing to fear. It's a, as Christina keeps on bringing up. This has been a part of our awareness and who we are for a very long time, and it's 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 in the people's reaction because that takes us somewhere, mm -hmm. right? If they're in fear, then that's a data set for us to go into. Okay, there may be some past lives where they have some something connected to it, or they may still be in the ego driver too much in this particular mindset that that gets to get cleaned up as well. You know, mm -hmm. so that's where I go with it. Yeah, so that's a, that's a really advanced understanding of what Stacey's talking about to a human multidimensionality, that you have forms that are in resonance with these different beings. Um, but it, to address even before that, what she talked about, that ego driver and the fear, those that's, that is a program that was seeded into humanity. So we would put ourselves in that lower than um, lower than uh, state, you know, and then we have all these overlays and lies and mind control going on through our belief systems and all this stuff that further um, disempower us when we come in contact with these high frequency um, beings. Um, a lot of times, you know, they would appear to what they would appear and their frequency would, you know, uh, trigger us to going into like worship mode we should be mm -hmm. worshipped by you right not realizing that us giving our life force energy is a really potent potent thing to do right and and that often will feed into that dis that uh you know that that uh what do you call it there's a, a disconnect to understanding that the, these beings are deeply interconnected with us even though they might be insectoid or reptilian or reptilioid or i mean there's all sorts of blends here of, of many many <laughs> of dna yeah. right of et races um so going back to the zeta reticuli thing that's really an interesting story to go into because there are ascended zeta reticuli consciousnesses you know there are and that kind of blows people's mind because they they they're like the bad guys but not really. I'm not, I mean, just like humans, there's bad guys that are humans. <laughs> there are bad guys that might be Palladians. There's bad guys that, you know, there's Draco bad guys. There's benevolent Dracos, you know, so there's all these pieces and the narratives in our disclosure movement really don't make a lot of room for that. Yeah. Um, not that I, not that I follow it very closely, but that's the feeling I have when I get, when I touch those, um, when I touch those energies. Um, another piece is that um, our government has really had a huge piece to play in generating the fear of extra, mm -hmm. extraterrestrials. And, mm -hmm. and that is um, by that's been successfully done by reverse engineering yeah. some, some ET technology they got a hold of. So yeah. a lot of those abduction experiences yeah. in the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s are actually our government doing that. You know the targeting star seeds or targeting sure. dimensionals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, Ray. Well, I would like to add that there are stories that our human race had direct interaction with these off the planet races a long time ago, and that because of the cataclysm that we hear about about twelve thousand years ago, that because we went into a state of um, deep um, catastrophic uh, PSTD, so to speak. Um, then the programs that you were talking about, Christina, seem to be, these, it seemed to overtake us so that we have developed a fear 
of these off the planet. And for, we, we lost our memory of all of our connection with them. So I don't know that that seems to fit in because I, mm. I read so many stories that we have had connections with this and we have just forgotten. And now we're remembering again. And just the fact that we have these fear programs put in for other, other agenda that mm-hmm. we have to wake up to. Yeah. And, it's and there's like, go ahead. It's Laura. no different than our elemental connection. You could describe that in exactly the same way. Mm-hmm. How we've lost it, how we feel if we do see a being, how we feel subservient to it. Um, but in Lightbody Academy, we teach how to handle those relationships, how to handle yourself in those relationships. And I think that's really invaluable, especially for people that are having experiences, invaluable uh, tools to learn how to not leave your body when Mm -hmm. those things are happening, how to stay with yourself and how to function in a non-subservient way so that if there's something for you to learn, because the thing is that fear takes over, there may be something for you to learn from this being, you're gonna miss it completely. Mm-hmm. because you're stuck in the fear you know because it's a it, that's a, the program like you're saying sorry <clears throat> go ahead and, well, um, yeah, that's it. yeah i'm wondering how many people and, and i mean i think about like the the documentary that's coming out and listening to that joe rogan podcast with uh james fox where it's people are thinking of this as just a visual experience right oh i saw a, a hub of space yeah, yes, i saw yes, the physical yes, yes. being right Big and we're in that black and white perspective of it and that's why christina keeps on circling back to this is a that we are not talking about that piece of it yes okay some people do see that you know see on a very physical 3d experience level we're talking about this energetic connection, yes. this multidimensional connection that goes way beyond the physicality in this 3D linear experience. Mm-hmm. And this is where I just feel like we had to step back a little bit for, for folks that are more listening to this and that are newer in this kind of multidimensional experience mm-hmm. that we're living in. Watch certain movies that have come out. The new Doctor Strange movie that came out about the multiverse. The yeah. um, what's that one? Everywhere, everywhere, all at once, whatever it is. You know, like we are we are awakening to understanding that we are beyond this three D physical biosuit that mm-hmm. we're in. Mm-hmm. And so when we are having this discussion, which we probably should have started with, now that I'm thinking about, we should have probably introduced. What our discussion around ETs are going to be not of necessarily a physicality piece, but our relationship on a multidimensional level. For sure. And I, I like how um, Stephen Greer does touch on it. It can go a lot deeper than what he explains, but at least he touches upon consciousness, yeah. which, which I like. Yeah, that's a, that's a huge piece. And I feel like, you know, this disclosure narrative is is very, very particularly manicured to wake people up to bigger ideas without really fully waking their consciousness up to their multidimensional yeah. nature. Well, that's you the know, thing. Like if people don't wake up to their multidimensional, then their experiences with extraterrestrials are going to be very superficial. And jarring, right? Then, oh, so they're good, yeah. Right. They're going to be jarred. They're going to be in fear. And now they're susceptible to whatever narrative is fed, fed, mm-hmm. fed to them by a, by a person who's informed by an expert. 
right? Yeah. So, yeah. So if if they really were interested in uh, telling the truth about ETs, they, there would be a lot more talk about expanding consciousness mm-hmm. and who we are truly yeah. as beings and in, in walking this earth in this in these bio suits and this DNA. There would be a lot more discussion about our relationship to nature and the elemental realms. There would be a lot more discussion about, mm-hmm. you know, the entire cosmos exists within us. You know, there'd be a lot more talk about that. And For there sure. Is and I do uh, want to point out too with Laurel, because Laurel's experience is uh is interesting because you you weren't spiritual, but you still had engagement with other beings. So to t- quickly tell us about that so people can also open up to the idea that they don't have to be super, super, super spiritual to have these experiences. No. And I had just started on that path when this started to happen <clears throat> to me. Um, I'll, I'll just, before we get right into that, I, I also just wanted to mention dream time. They'll come to you in dream time. It doesn't have to be in a 3D experience. You know, there's lots of different ways you can connect with them that aren't physical. Um and just for example, crop circles in my backyard. I had those for, well, I still get them. Um, started 20 years ago uh, when I was working on crop circle research. And then all of a sudden, one day, they just started showing up in my yard. And then I had all kinds of other weird experiences going on surrounding that. Like um, I was seeing uh, all kinds of grids, like literally projecting out in front of me. Um, when I closed my eyes, they would they would be taking up the whole visual spectrum, you know, behind your eyes, these different grids. Um, uh, I would I would be walking around with a, a geometry projected in front of me, and I'm of course I'm wondering why is this happening, but I had a feeling, underlying feeling, there's something for me here. There's a I wasn't afraid of it. There was a lesson. There was a connection. There was a communication. Of course, like I said, I was. I had no idea I had any intuitive abilities at all at the time. Um, But I knew that there was some sort of communication going on and I was really open to having it. Uh, But these geometries would project and I would go sleep with my daughter who was having her own experiences and and it would be there on the way, like right out from my forehead, just projected in front of me when I walked from my room to her room. And then I sleep with her for a while and I get up and open my eyes and boom, there it was again. And then walk to my bedroom. Then I get up later and walk to the bathroom and open my eyes. Boom, there it was. You know, uh, but again, it didn't scare me. Um, probably didn't know enough at that time. Uh, you know, I started digging into things later. But, uh, you know, to have that affect me in an adverse kind of way. But I thought, I just thought there's something's going to come out of this. I didn't know what it was. But I feel I felt I should pay attention. I guess that's yeah. the best way to describe it. That's just one yeah. of the things. Well, and I'd also say you don't have to be spiritual for your span for your consciousness to expand. There are plenty of very brilliant human beings that are consider themselves atheists that have successfully expanded their awareness beyond the the what they've been taught in life. So so it's I wouldn't say it's a necessity. I think that it's helpful, <laughs> but it doesn't have to be so. Um and now, so one of the examples I have of an intellectual that who's really expanded his consciousness and is waking himself up in his journey is Jordan Peterson. You know, people really, he really rocks the boat. He's a Canadian guy, really rocks the boat with the things that he talks about. He's considered like ultra conservative psychologist or whatever, but he's woken up to something really big, 
really big. And it's all about, for him, talking about the now moment, discovering who you don't know who you are until you're expressing your authenticity. And in the expression of it, you discover it. So you really have no idea who you are, which is one of the main things that we teach in Light Body. You need to, in approaching these beings, you need to let go of who you think you are so you come in right relationship to these energies, you know? So um, I love listening to him because he's just like nailing it and and he's not necessarily... I think he might consider himself a Christian, but anyway, but he's really not thick into the, um, it seems like he's really thick into the dogma or the spirituality realm. You know, I, I could be wrong on that. I haven't. Can you see Joe Rogan sometimes? Yes. He's on you're talking about? Yes. I, yeah. I can't get through him. <laughs> I like his intellectual nature. Some of the things he has to say are, are, are hard to listen to. Yes. Mm. Yes. Yes. I haven't heard of, of it yet. Yeah, well, the political, you know, he's considered ultra conservative. And actually, I don't even know why that label's there, because to me, he seems really liberal. (laughs) 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 But who knows? Um, But it's, it's, but what I'm saying is that you don't have to be super spiritual in order to wake up to yourself. That's that's the bottom line. You don't have to be. It's helpful because it helps because that aware of energy being aware of the unseen realm you know when you're in a spiritual path that kind of like is more acceptable it's like okay yeah there's a lot of this reality we don't see um so i can imagine it being more difficult but you know einstein was another one through through his intellectual capacity he woke up to his his uh more expanded levels of consciousness so there's no one way there's absolutely no one way but speaking about that like the multitude of consciousness how does that relate with um, the different frequencies of species? Like, does depending on your level of consciousness, can you connect with certain species, but not depending on their level of frequency? Indeed. So you kind yes. of mentioned about that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, oh, yeah, absolutely. So uh, if you're if you have a lot of fear programs and you're prone to fear, you're probably going to end up and you get those kinds of narratives fed to you. You're going to probably interact with some of the uh, more controlling, scary type uh, beings. Um, and it also depends on your relationship and your Akasha on your soul level. I mean, a lot of people are Draco's soul groups incarnating as humans. So you're going to you're going to experience a lot of Draco narratives and into have a lot of those interactions potentially in dream time and in other ways. Um, then there's a lot of Palladian soul groups that are incarnating here. Right. So they're going to probably be more exposed to to that first. Um, and then you have the I mean, so the major groups are like the Dracos, the Syrians, the the Palladians, the Andromedans. You have the Actorians. Um, you know, there's some well-known groups mm-hmm. some of them are incarnate our soul groups incarnating in bodies but some of them are visiting our realm through their various methods we can call it technology i, I don't know if that's really the right right term because it's kind of like anti-technology and <laughs> it seems like they're using you know like the natural fields of nature um li- line up in a certain way and that creates a doorway for them to come through and reach out to people um but you know, it really depends. It depends on the individual. We're so unique in our energy signatures. Um, and plus, you know, we have our bio suits that a lot of times are hacked, you know, like the pineal gland. A lot of people talk about the pineal gland getting hacked. So you're not really seeing the information. You're not getting the true broadcast that you think you are. It's it's piggybacked or invert, inversed or reversed, you know, information. 
And so then you have the whole conversation of, do I let my pineal gland shrivel up? Do I shut it down? Do I, or do I clean it? Do I to detoxify? Do I purify? I mean, that, that's been an interesting conversation in the, in the new, uh, in the light worker world. Um, so there, there's a lot of layers to this. I would say for the basic human being in the typical matrix that we have going on is maybe not ready for this kind of conversation. We're probably talking more about, you know, we're probably talking more to like the indigo, the star seed, the, the, um, the, uh, uh, someone more, uh, in the beginning of their awakening Mm -hmm. or who already have contact. Yeah. Or already have had contact. Right. So one of my favorite questions people ask me, which I think is so funny is like, oh yeah, well, because I'll tell them an experience that was in the energetic. They're like, well, did you see one in real life? (laughs) 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 Right. And, and I mean, that's, 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 that just cracks me off those questions, but actually I can say, yeah, I have, I've experienced them where there are witnesses. There were multiple people present witnessing these things. Were they witnessing it in the energetic or 3d? Who's to say? we feel like we're we're having an experience and one mm-hmm. of them was with a with a drone a zeta reticuli drone that's in, that was in, under the control of someone in our government you know they um they utilize those technologies and by the way i have to say that the foundational techniques that we teach in light body are foundational pieces to actually reclaim yourself from some of this hijacking technology that they have because there's like these um frequency beams frequency um uh call them energy weapons or whatever they can direct at you and freeze you in fear but if you really you know have a good control um of your energy you can break free from those sorts of technologies you can just crack right through it so um it's really worth it (laughs) if you're having problems especially it's really worth it to to learn these things so you can um be empowered in relationship too um when i was in crestone how many years ago was this uh 2016 maybe um, I was sitting in my Jeep and I looked at my, I got off the phone. I looked at my rear view mirror and there was a, a, a five foot gray standing right at the back of my Jeep, you know, oh, and yeah. I was, yeah. And I was struck with one of the, with one of their weapons. And I know, I know this cause I've had other interactions when I was younger and I was just like, you know, I just was getting it up. I'm not going to say out loud what I was telling myself, but it was definitely a lot of um, expellatives. <laughs> Just like, you know, I just kept building, building up the, the my uh, my frequency so I could just like bust out of it. And I jump out of the truck to turn around and, you know, tackle this guy. <laughs> it's for real. It And he was gone. He wasn't there, you know. And I was like, oh, whew, you know. <laughs> and I walk into the house where there was um, this was a, a training. There were several people there in a um, in a. a multi-dimensional training kind of thing and I was like okay everything's cool no problem and I go into my room my roommate's there we're talking to her. we're talking I'm asking her how she's doing and then she starts screaming bloody murder and I'm like what 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 and the same the same gray was standing outside the window <laughs> I'll see ya. yeah right <laughs> this is Trixie Stacy you know you know her <laughs> and then as soon as that happened brrr, I hear all these footsteps brrr, everybody piles into the house or into our bedroom and he and uh, I can't remember who it was that started the first like guys I feel funny something's going on you know and, and so it's like the whole house got rocked by this this energy that was get there were portals getting opened and they were coming into our reality so we spent you know hours that night clean closing the portals like reclaiming our reality reclaiming our spaces all the interdimensional levels and we kicked them out you know but you know they have so was that a real 3d experience to us it was 
right? <laughs> well, yeah, if you physically saw it. Now, not all grays are bad. I don't want to put that out there. No, no, no. No, this is one of the drones. The drones. That's so. You know, the government's really tricky. They, 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 they're really, really tricky. So you know the story of where they had um, a gray that was alive, that was on ice, and it was like a secret video that was leaked, right? And then there was all sorts of controversy. I feel like that was a perfectly very fine-tuned um, misinformation. So people would would think oh, that okay. they had an alien. Yeah. But really what they had was a drone. They reversed engineered that drone. Right. But the, but the real information is that it was a living ET that they had. Right. But that's not true. It was a drone. That's what they actually didn't want you to know. So that's why they leak. They leak these things out like that. But anyway, that because of my history with this, I understood that that was a drone that I was looking at. And and they have cap they have interdimensional capabilities, those things. That's a really advanced piece of technology. Seriously. <laughs> Seriously. Yes. Yes. And it took them years and years and years to figure out how to use it. So just to clarify for people, when you say a drone, you mean like a back engineered replica of a gray yeah i'm talking about yeah yeah, a a cyborg type being that's yeah yeah, controlled through interdimensional means and has interdimensional abilities so they can open portals and all that stuff let me ask you one more question would that have been with our particular government or it could have been off the planet drone so i don't know if you could even answer that that's an interesting question so our shadow government who says it's mm. all it's all you know earthly based no, <laughs> yes, right? yes, yes, there's yes. other beings that are involved in this yeah. which that's also pretty well known in the disclosure movement that there's off-world agendas unfolding here on this planet oh big time um yes so actually you know what let's touch on that like there are the agendas between our government but there's also agendas off-world mm-hmm. um so when people are asking well what do they want (laughs) what do they want Mm -hmm. all right well what's the most precious resource known to life us yeah life force right (laughs) there's an entire empire based on the commodity of life force energy and then i would say secondary to that are um, elemental resources you know water yeah water um Gold. gold yeah exactly yes exactly um trees are... so yeah i mean earth is an abundant life force or abundant resource not just because of our nature but because pachamama mother earth will always continue to create life so like imagine that level of resource if if you're a resource-based civilization so uh the, the, but we also need to recognize that it's just not our government these agendas are unfolding through. It's all the governments they're unfolding through. You know, everybody is, every human anyway, is pretty easy, especially in power, is easily manipulated with more power. So um, our leaders are backwards right now, which is also talked about in the previous, um, in the indigenous uh, prophecies that given to them by star people that there are times when your leaders are not going to be true leaders. They're going to be, you know, um, working in reversal. They're not going to be working for the benefit of the people. They'll be working for the benefit of them of themselves. And then that again, will get turned on its head. And then, then we'll have another opportunity to have true leaders again, but, but it's all part of the cycles that we're, that we're living through. 
as a collective. So it's our cycles planetarily, but also on a solar level, also on a on a stellar level, also on a galactic level. You see what I mean? There's all these pieces. This is where expanded of con you need to be expanding your consciousness for all this stuff to fall together and make complete sense. Because if you're still thinking that we are a human on this blue ball traveling through space, you're these other ideas are going to be very challenging. You won't be able to make sense of them. Absolutely. Now the, the power dynamics that come with all this um yeah all the governments are are in cahoots with other off world governments i'll call it <laughs> but with the the back and forth between that i guess benevolent versus malevolent and this whole spiritual war and intergalactic wars that's been happening <clears throat> what's your take on the direction where we're going I'll let one of you guys jump in on that one. <laughs> My answer is like too simple. I feel like it depends on who you are. Can you say more? I'm going to try. <laughs> <laughs> um, because for us, it's, it's the, I mean, there can be many trajectories depending on um, your level of awareness. Maybe that's the best way to say it. Mm -hmm. Yep. I don't I I think with the expansion of our consciousness and how humanity is starting to wake up, I I just see that these relationships and the, the unification is gonna be essential. Yeah, for our consciousness. So I, I just see that this is gonna continue to just become we're we're expanding into higher and higher and higher and higher and higher levels of awareness and connection. And I see unification happening. So it, that that's where I'm I'm seeing the timelines go. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh gosh, I want to answer this. I, but I don't know if I'm going to do a good job. But anyway, we'll go. <laughs> go for it. Go for it. <laughs> the human. The human beings on our planet are seem to be really, uh, really sought after biosuits, so to speak. But we are animated by a true, authentic heart consciousness that we have. A lot of people have forgotten that they have, and that when eventually, through us waking up little by little. I think that those beings that we feel are so advanced above us off the planet because they have the technology to go through space or however they do it through timelines and all that, we eventually will wake up to that part of ourselves to be able to create that. And maybe, Christina, you can help use my words in a different way, but I believe that we as human beings have the capacity to open up light patterns in our blueprint body to be one of those beings that we think are so advanced, so to, so to speak. And I feel that we are on the trajectory to get there. We are going that direction. It's just that we have been told by so many programs that we're not worthy, we can't do this, we can't do that. But 
those are all programs that I think we're waking up to and we're going to find out that we are fantastic creator beings. And that's what I have to say. If I had fireworks, it'd be like, boo, boo, boo. Yeah. <laughs> and we are just at the beginning. I feel it's going to take, I believe I probably will not see it in my lifetime, but I believe that there are enough people waking up now that we are at the beginning of the wake up. We are saying it's time and it's going to be something that we can't even imagine. And I can't wait to come back in the future and saying, hey, wow, we did a good job. That's all I can say. You might come back as a lady. <laughs> Whatever. I hope I said that clearly. Yeah, I think I, I understood what you meant. Um, gosh, there's so many layers that this could be addressed through. All yeah, right. So, yeah. so there's, so real. So from the different masters that I've worked with throughout my life, the one, there's things that there are certain pieces that are really reinforced over and over again. And one is reality is not what we think it is. Okay. That means the rules of our reality, the physics that we think that, you know, rules our reality, all this stuff is not what we think it is. It's actually way more malleable than that. In fact, it is as malleable as movable as a dream. Okay. So think about a dream. You're in a dream. You're walking down the street. This happens, that happens. And then you turn the corner and all of a sudden you're in a completely different place with completely different people, right? Completely defies logic. And, you know, you're just, you know, when you try to describe a dream, right? It's really difficult because it's so malleable, that reality. Well, this reality actually is that malleable. And this is why narratives, especially misinforming narratives are so powerful is because when we have a narrative that we buy into, we are going to contribute into creating it. One of them, and I'm, I think I bother a lot of people when I say this, one of those really popular narratives is the bifurcation timeline, right? There's going to be those that wake up and those that don't. And earth is going to go hell in a handbasket one timeline and, and ascend in another timeline, like it's going to split. And I feel like reality is so more malleable than that. There is a door number three if we want it, right? But because we have certain attachments to some ideas, like, you know, the people who who won't wake up or the people who won't take care of our earth or the people that don't prioritize or the people who serve the self more than or more than others, you know, they they therefore dot dot dot, right? And we have these feelings about that. Um, this for me, this doesn't apply because there we create whatever those door number threes are fours number five whatever whatever possibilities so when we get into have what's happening right now i feel like we're going into an energy field that's bumping up against these narratives and that is the pain that we're feeling right now that we're surrounded by an energy that's heavily imbuing our reality that's not in congruency with our beliefs about what reality is and this is why it's so painful. And this is why it looks like we're all, we're, we're going to a hell in a handbasket. Okay. Um, but if we keep showing up for what we need to show up for, like keep ourselves healthy, keep ourselves well, take care of your family, you know, really what would someone would call mundane traditional values, we will re-examine those beliefs and let them go one by one or 10 by 10 or 20 by 20. However, it's moving for us in life and we'll be able to um, be, to, to integrate with these energies that we're being in, inundated with. So that, so that's how I look at it. So 
if we want to be go to hell in a handbasket, those that want that will probably have that. Those that, you know, want the bifurcation timeline, okay, they're going to have that. But for those who have the expanded capacity to say what else, they're going to make that because it's um, in their heart, heart to do so. I just like to speak of something that you said. Um, there was something about this, this timeline where it's doom and gloom and and people have agreed with that. They've mm -hmm. decided that that's true. Mm -hmm. um, and then going also going, so that makes it more difficult, but also going back to this dreaming the world into being, I'm just going to speak from the Buddhist perspective because I was Buddhist for a long time. And almost, I'm going to say 80% of what we did was imagining ourselves as becoming a Buddha. So using your imagination to become an enlightened being so this is this is this is an old 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 um, idea of dreaming yourself into being something different than what you are, yes. and fully telling us that this if you do this practice enough this will happen. So I feel like that um, using your imagination to create something different, as well as having that flow over into dream time. So. You know, we, it, when you start practicing these things, they all start kind of flowing together. That, I feel, is what's going to change everything. Mm -hmm. Is that, like you're saying, dreaming it into being, but not just when you're sleeping, when you're awake. You know, so that the two can, can collide, I guess is a good way to put it. Mm -hmm. Or intermingle, or there's, there's very little difference between your dream world and your waking world. And you're always consciously imagining things in, in a beneficial way. Mm -hmm. I'd like to add yeah. to that because when that whole thing is happening and you're, you're kind of like taking these adventures with different realities and different dimensions and different frequencies, you, I think you get help going back to different beings. You get help from different beings that have access to that level of reality that you're in. And who knows, maybe that'll catapult you into another level, into a different being's awareness. And you're, you guys are just um, like having this dance. And to me, that's mm -hmm. amazing because you, you get to learn so much. And mm -hmm. then with people that are dancing in a different vibe, they won't have that experience. So to them, it may not be possible or real. So that, it is a good um, point to remember that some, some people may not have access to the same beings that any given time uh yeah i want to say something about that actually um so yeah access to they don't have conscious access right. but they definitely have so they definitely have subconscious access and those beings also have subconscious access to them so everybody's being worked on and something that we learned um over and over again by working with the elemental realm the number one thing they tell us all the time is you are not alone you are not alone. And they don't mean necessarily there's other people that are in the same boat. It means that reality, the the elemental, the the cosmic, the galactic, all of this is with you. The 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 galaxy is with you, the universe is with you, the Pachamama is with you. It's like you are not alone. It's an orchestra, not a solo. This creation of reality. So 
Um, I know when we look at people that are really shut down and they're very like trapped in their logic kind of thing, you know, we might see that, see that. I mean, it may seem like there's no hope, but that's not true. There, there, there's a reason why they're doing what they're doing. They just don't know the reason, you know, they're just disconnected from that. But on a subconscious level, they are an infinite being having an experience that they're choosing to have. Externally, it may be really frustrating to have a conversation with that family member slash friend slash colleague, <laughs> right? <laughs> but um, it's not what reality is not what we think it is. It's not what it seems. Um, the best thing we can do is work on us when we, when we get, yes. um, you know, when we feel like we're starting to get shut down by these certain pieces. So what yeah. are your, what are uh, y'all tips on uh, connecting with the different aspects of yourself and different beings in a safe way? Number one, don't worship anybody. Even if it's Jesus coming to you, don't, Get on your knees and worship. Don't do that. Mm -mm -mm -mm. Like and, what all religions say to do. <laughs> yeah. Don't do what all religions say to do. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's not to say don't be honoring and respectful and open and generous or any of those things because you do, because this is, you know, you bring yourself, but yeah. Number one, don't worship. That, that would be the, the biggest tip, but these guys I know have things to, to mm -hmm. chime in with on that. Yeah, I would say um, really be in witness of what's coming up for you. So if you're setting an intention an intention to consciously connect or you are witnessing something that you didn't intend to on a conscious level, but it's coming to you, I would be very, I would be observing what's your reaction. Are you having a reaction? What's your mindset? what's coming up for you and be very aware of that. Because again, going circling back to where we began, like a lot of people can go right into fear and that's a reaction, right? And fear can bring things in, right? We Things can come into you when you're in different states, when you're in reactive places. So I would be in that state of really observing what's coming up for you, see what's presenting, what thoughts, feelings, visuals, understandings are happening, knowings that are happening for you because there's there's a there are there's a beautiful lesson for yourself in in those interactions in those connections i feel like they happen for a reason mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um i'd like to kind of expand on that a little bit thank you stacy um uh about staying in your body and if you've ever been afraid you know what it's like to leave your body you can feel the fact that like, like i'm not here so if you're not in your body, that's when people can, people, beings can, can come in, uh, things that are unwanted. Um, so it's that feeling of, like you say, Christine, of staying behind your eyes. Okay, am I behind my eyes? Like practicing this stuff before any of this happens. You know, there's a feeling that happens when your energy is outside your body. So you can just feel that. And if you feel that, just pull that energy back in behind your eyes. And then am I in my body? What does it feel like? Or am I like up here or out here or back here or something like that? Um, so that's what fear does. It shoots you out. So being in your body is really important um, so that you can be there, like, like Stacy's saying, for the communication, because I feel like there's so much that's missed 
you know, because we, I think it's hard for other beings to try to communicate with us because of that, Mm -hmm. because we get freaked out all the time. Um, And I feel it's the same with the elementals. It's the same thing. Um, You know, there's another missed opportunity. (laughs) You know, they try to go in and it's like, well, you know, we're just all over the place. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, that, that whole staying in your body and behind your eyes. Uh, for lack of, you know, being able to go into more depth about it right now is is key. Yeah, so a great piece to to for helping you stay behind your eyes when crisis is happening right in front of you, like something really freaking you out is a deep belly breathing exercise that will help keep your system sedated enough for you to stay calm and collected or well, as calm as possible. <laughs> and collect your energy so you can be present with what's happening um yeah that's that's a great piece absolutely probably that's a requirement (laughs) that's Mm -hmm. definitely a requirement Mm -hmm. um now the other big piece that i'd like to cover and ask ray ellen's experience on this is that whole notion like if if we told people we are aliens (laughs) <laughs> they'd look at us like what are you on but yet the whole concept behind um the star seed origins can kind of explain to that no right well in you know astrology chart um especially when you go to um astrology is always based on our solar system in relation to in relation to the constellations and certain constellations um, are more attuned to our particular solar system than others, such as the Syrian star system, the Pleiadian star system, Orion, Arcturian. And when we are born, we have a particular energy pattern in our body, a certain frequency. So that said, we have a sympathetic vibration with one or more of those constellations. So therefore, if we go within ourselves, we have we are more attuned to what that particular constellation is bringing forth and what we can exhibit in our interaction as we wake up. So that's how I see that happening. So we're our soul groups are all ETs groups technically yes. if you look at the old definition of ET. Yes. And we have that within ourselves. We have a, a sympathetic vibration with that. Not only that, but apparently when I said, as the old stories go, we used to interact with off the planet races. And many of us are hybrids to that. We have that within our DNA system. That's something to think about. So when those particular um energy patterns wake up when we wake up to that we are part of that star system and totally know that with all of our being that's another way that you know it may present i love that i love that because we that pretty much confirms yes guys we are all extraterrestrials and depending on (laughs) on our origins uh ray what do you have to say about what that how does that influence us and how we walk our lives here like our strengths, our our disposition, etc. Well, it's just like being a human in the human world. 
I think that what you would do is waking up to those particular energy patterns within yourself. You know, you have um, gifts from that particular star system. And then you also, you know, everybody thinks that, you know, I don't know everybody, but many people may think that star systems, you know, they are perfect beings. They aren't. They have their, they have their challenges that they have to work out too. So you open up to, you try to take the best of that. You blend it with your human nature. You know, that's what, that's what I'm seeing that, you know, if you're with the, you know, with the Pleiadians, I, I always often think is the Pleiadians as uh, masters of the Akasha, you know, the records, the stories and all that. So if you want to get in touch with your stories, you, you know, you can contact the Pleiadians, you know, they have, they're, they're great. They're great wisdom. They're, they're, they're keepers of all the ancient stories. You know, I mean, not to say that other star systems don't have that, but each of the star systems have something to offer. So um, I guess you'd have to do just a little research and go within yourself. But again, they are if you take what you're working on within your body and and upgrade that with the best of their capacities, that would serve you in a really good way. I'm saying that right. <laughs> yeah. You're, well, you're touching on something that um, I think is important for people to recognize is that our human nature is a gift. It's not a curse. It's a gift. And all these star systems, all of the cosmos is manifested here on this planet for us to do with what we wish. And I think a lot of this is our human nature brings alchemy. It brings unification. It brings compassion. It brings love to these frequencies so even like the draco narratives right we have a reptilian aspect within our light body and our brains and we can harmonize that nature to be in harmony with the great mother with the cosmic mother with with other species with other, you know we have that our our biosuit our bodies quite literally are a bridge to bring harmony to all these things if that's what we choose and i feel like the star seeds you know, is what Raylan is talking about. It's like, this is an alchemy for us to play with, you know? So even if you're really strong, um, have a lot of Draco Orion star seed origin energy, it doesn't make you a bad person. It just means that, you know, you have a, um, a really strong capacity potentially to harmonize this with the human realm, to harmonize, harmonize this with the Pachamama, the cosmic mother. So just bring that to practical application here <laughs> you know, that brings me back that brings me to another level of that because we are waking up to our multi-dimensionality so through that alchemy and blending those star systems with ours we're opening up to all those dimensions and being aware of much more than what we are yeah yeah much more of ourselves <laughs> and i think when this is happening though we we get to do it from an open space an open heart without any expectations and out any stories or preconceived notions of what they're going to look like what it's going to yes. be what's going to happen all of that yeah because it's it's it goes back, it circles really back to like, okay, seeing the 3D experience of it versus the multidimensional experience of it, where if, if, if we could just 
open our hearts up to seeing what's out there at these advanced levels of awareness, it's spectacular mm-hmm. what starts to come in. Yeah. But it really means we got to go beyond the ego driver, oh, yeah. we, it, yeah. you yes. know, in order to go there. And yeah. w- the levels you wake up within yourself when you are, when you set an intention to connect without having a preconceived experience or expectation, it's spectacular. Mm-hmm. 3D is no longer a confined reality. It becomes a magical yes. wonderland. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. But the thing yes. is like, um, uh, how do you ask? Going back to like uh, the whole inferior, they're superior and, and us not, not, should not be thinking that they're better than us. Um, how do you frame this? As much as, as people may think, oh, well, they're better than us. They're helping us with their, their consciousness. But how do you explain, Christina, that we're also helping them unravel their consciousness? We're also helping them That's upgrade great. their whole thing, <laughs> their mm-hmm. whole field. It's true. Yeah, so I'm going to go back to an ancient to an ancient teaching that was brought forward by the Sasquatch, and th- they talk about Lumeria and Atlantis and the ancient cultures where this was, where um, the realm of the Pachamama, the golden age, so to speak, where many many species come together and meet, and that when you have many many species from all different galaxies and star systems, you know, think about those bars in Star Wars, right, where all those beings are together. <laughs> Um, when you have a, a realm where all that, where all those different origin species can come together and interact, that is the highest and most efficient way to evolve a consciousness is, is having these different um, species interact like this. So uh, if you think about our reality that can become that, yes, <laughs> then, then, uh, then you're, I think we're getting closer to the real point of it, uh, point of it all, you know. And this is uh, not just the Sasquatch, but that's the most recent source I remember um, bringing those teachings forward. This is why people, their consciousness evolves really quickly when they're interacting with nature in a spiritual way, interacting with with nature beings and with maybe what shamanic people would call shamanic practices. It's like because you're quite literally having a conversation with another being that exists in a very different reality than you do. And yet you're having a meeting and you're sharing you know, you're, you're sharing your realities with each other and both parties grow exponentially in their consciousness when that happens. So just blow this up to the bigger picture. And here we are, we're all helping each other. We're all an asset. But I think that that that's the human limitation that we've been living in up until now, where we feel that there has to be an exchange, right? There has to be a transaction, transactional kind of experience. Well, if we go back to that simple term of a co-creative experience, we're in co-creation. Yes. That's what this is all about, mm-hmm. right? If they're if they're if we're coming into our awareness, it's because there's a co-creation that's happening. Mm-hmm. And versus yeah. how we think of it on a human level of, okay, what do they want from us? What do we want from them? It has to be an exchange. Yeah, versus a a uh, an adventure into the unknown. <laughs> it's like, ooh, this is interesting. Who is this? <laughs> or it's like well, they just show they're all good or yeah. they're all, all bad. 
you know, like, like yes. aliens are all good or they're all bad. Sasquatch are all good or they're all bad. Um, and there's no middle ground. There's no, you can't meet anywhere in that mentality. You know, you have to have a, a common ground to meet at. And they're just, a lot of them are just like, like we are in the fact that they, they run the gamut of different things. There's, there's one that are kind of on the dark side. There's some that are on the light side. There's others that are in between. There are others that are oblivious to us. You know what I mean? It's like, what she said. <laughs> <laughs> so is it true that the if your frequency or whatnot is high, then the lower frequency beings can't really have an effect on you? Mm -hmm. Well, all right. That that's that question is kind of truncated in its understanding. If you want to interact with those beings and you are sovereign in your frequency, you sure can. <laughs> But do you want to? <laughs> right. So the idea is getting a circumstances put in front of you where you want to engage with that. So um, what people are calling high frequency, I would I would change that terminology to a sovereign frequency mm. where you are holding yourself as an accountable multidimensional being in the interaction. Then uh, if you want to, you can. But do you want to? Um, um there's this... sorry go ahead no you're right yeah go ahead with that thought because that's right I, on Laurel. i was just gonna say there's a there's a chance that if you're in that sovereign state you'll be able to recognize whether someone else is in that sovereign state as well yes i think maybe yes. that's yeah a, a good part of it and you can recognize the slant in the conversation mm -hmm. yeah. you know and 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 actually a great way to to yeah. Well, the great way to identify a being that is maybe in lower frequency or has an alternative agenda is because they're going to come to you with like what Stacy's talking about, a transactional mm -hmm. agreement. Yes. <laughs> I'll do this for you if you do this for me. <laughs> it's like, oh, red flag. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Let's oh do God. this together. <laughs> right. that, yeah, that discernment is, again, so crucial in this stuff. Um, yes. So I think we may we may experience those lower fr frequencies when we're working with others, or I think about you know I'm I'm still in a teenage world right now with having daughters that are teenagers, and there's <laughs> I don't want to be in that frequency. I don't attract that frequency. <laughs> I guess I do because I'm with it, you know. But I'm in these like these teenage girl dynamics at times where it's like, wow, you know, so uh, there are certain people around me that are in those frequencies that there are times when I, I guess I, in my more sovereign nature, I can observe them, but there are times I am cleaning shit up, you know, to, you know, uh, in those frequencies as well. So yeah. I don't know if we're allowed to swear on this. I mean, podcast people <laughs> swear. So <laughs> you, you, you know what I'm saying? So yeah, this is a good I point. Yeah. Well, this is a really good point because when you are of a sovereign frequency and you're coming across darker energies, that's an opportunity to unravel things. So it doesn't have power over you. You can actually do something different. Like um, I remember going to Sedona and there was like a real heavy uh, Beatrix uh, um, reptilian energy that was super aggressive, you know, and it's you know, I think it was custom to, you know, have a response of fear, but instead I'm just looking right in their eyes. It's like, I see you, I know you're there. 
why are you here? Like, why are you in my face? <laughs> you know? And then it was like, it kind of like took them back a little bit. Like, well, wait a minute. <laughs> so then a dialogue can happen if they're, if they want to have a dialogue. And, you know, so this is, this is really what it means to become a galactic citizen is that, you know, you are responsible for yourself. You're responsible for these interactions. Um, are you going to be a bully? Are you, what kind of, how are you going to bring your, yourself to these places? Do you come in as a really loud temper tantrum child? Are you a bully or do you bring grace and beauty and ideas and compassion to, to things, you know? So and this is where, you know, the Buddhists really had it right, you know, um, in so many ways that, you know, if you have an overall attitude of that, your life, you spend your every moment of your life to be a benefit to life, then that that really frames things up in a very different way than the typical narrative that a lot of humans live with, you know, so just to chime in on that and piggyback on I really that really like that yeah I really like me that too. point me too me too yeah now before we wrap up let's uh mention what you guys are going to be helping to facilitate in the one of the light body academy courses on dark forces uh and I think that's a key piece for people to learn what is that about Ooh, dark forces. Okay. Everybody's favorite yet dreaded class. <laughs> <laughs> it's dreaded because you have to face your fears, but it's favorite because how amazing you feel after you go through the experience. Um, well, first I have to say dark forces is, an is not an open enrollment course. So only the people who are already currently enrolled in our facilitator program have access to it um, for future we will open it again, but pretty much this is how to counteract power over dynamic power over sorcery, how, what to do and how to do it in a way where it's not going into battle. It's actually transforming, transmuting, alchemizing dark forces. Um, it's very easy to get, get caught in the whole light versus dark game, but that's a game. That's still a polarity game. There's a way to transform dark forces in such a way where it, it's not a polarity game. It's a unification process and a forgiveness process, a compassion process. Um, so even the most nastiest of beings, there is a, there is a way to transmute and transform um, their very being. I have an agreement with the cosmos that every being that comes into my field is coming in to be awoke in some way. So that because that's my agreement, every being that comes into my field, that's how I treat them, <laughs> you know? So uh, I've had some really nasty stuff show up, like really scary looking stuff or feeling stuff show up. And because I know that's my baseline agreement, that helps, that really helps a lot. Uh, me have a solid foundation and agreeing and, and moving the energies that includes psychic attack that includes you know some really hardcore sorcery that goes on on this planet both off-world interdimensional ai i mean all this stuff so um uh, am i answering your question beth about dark forces well, i have a question about it uh you know when you made this agreement with the dark forces did you just state that i mean how did that's what i'm curious about with the cosmos um it, yes. aro it 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 arose from me and informed me 
Okay. So you so can't just say that and have it happen. No, because if it's an ego driver thing, that's, yes, a, you know, exactly. No, that's what I'm it's, getting to. It's something, it's a, something, it's a, it's a, an intent that rises up out of your essence. Okay. And then it's a truth because the word's been spoken, but we all have that. We all have that within us. We're all infinite in our essence. So it's a matter of peeling away what's in the way of that being um, available. Um, a lot of it is agreeing, you know, looking at our agreements for experiencing polarity, power over white light versus dark. You know, that is the game of the epoch right now. Absolutely. You know, everybody wants in it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to be on that agreement. I am verbally saying that, even though, you know, <laughs> well it helps when your ego drivers on board believe me it, does. it really does help <laughs> oh gosh well thank you for explaining that if anybody is interested in any of the light body courses you just go to lightbodyacademy.com again this particular one is not for open enrollment i highly suggest starting at light body 101 or dreamtime healing project you could also yes. go on uh, the facilitators team's pages there to learn about their expertise if you want to talk with them one-on-one. -on -one. Um, yeah, so that are, that are the options if you want to connect with the Light Body Team facilitator. Um, Ray Ellen, as I mentioned, is her expertise is in uh, astrology, soul astrology. Laura Lehman's expertise is in the Fae realm. Stacy's is in tracking. And Christina's is in uh all of the above <laughs> no, yes. i wouldn't say that i don't I, well no 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 you guys really? so we all have our own skills mine's mine's different than your guys's like you know with the fey realm laurel has a very deep deep connection and experience with this that um i would say go be goes beyond against my or beyond my own 3d or you know daily um, Stacy too, she tracks into multidimensional levels that, that I'm not necessarily, um, uh, engaged with. Right. I mean, she, she really helps people, um, manage human reality with, with what she does, you know, and then yes. Raylan with the, with the astrology and starseed origins. I mean, I know astrology, actually, I know astrology because of Raylan. We've known each other for so long. You can't be friends with her without knowing, <laughs> learning astrology, <laughs> Um, but that is, that's her craft that she's cultivated over many, many, um, gener uh, decades. Generations. Well, it could be, you know what? Mm. That might be a truth. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> You've been doing this a long, long time. You're We've wise. Been doing right? You're wise. <laughs> so, you know, we all have our flavors and this is what's important about waking up to who you are we're all so uniquely different. We're like snowflakes and the kind of skill sets that come out of us are so, so, you know, unique to us. It's like tracking that Stacy does is going to be different than another kind of person tracking. Like, you, you know, so like when, when I'm tracking, I'm going into different layers than, than what, than what she does, but it's only because that's how my, I'm wired. I'm wired that way. She's wired this way. Laurel's wired that way. Ray Ellen's, yeah. you know, so all of it is useful it all depends on where you're at and where you're intuitively drawn to go you know absolutely so. and if you want to learn again i'm just gonna put it out there you go to lightbodyacademy.com so thank you thank you for listening in we will surely have more in the future we also have past ones so you'll you can go 
um, look at those at the Light Body YouTube channel. So thank you, facilitator team, for popping in and sharing your insights. Yes, thank you, Bev, for, for organizing you. all these cats. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thank you, thank you.